So tuck your kids in as long as they will let you. And when they tell you to stop tucking them in at night, still do it. Just tell them, I'm not tucking you in. I'm just coming to see how you're doing. Eventually she's like, hey, so? And you just have these conversations. So be present, give them time at night. Get ready to tune in to stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. What's up, everybody? Obviously, you know who this is. I'm really excited to bring to you another episode of the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. And today I have with me Andy McCann. Andy reached out to me not too long ago and sent me a few of his podcasts. I listened to him and uh, we've been on the phone or on this recording without recording for the last 23 minutes and just completely hit it off. So this is going to be a fun episode. Andy is a gym owner, a father. Um, he has a really cool story around uh, starting kind of in the corporate sale, tech sales world and and transitioning. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Welcome to the show, man. <laughs> right. I, I could go on and on. Let's, let's, let's get this going. Sure. So how are you doing, man? Yeah, pretty good. Didn't have as great a night's sleep as you did, but uh, <laughs> been um, pushing hard at the gym. I, we, we're, we just moved over to CrossFit affiliate programming and my coach was like, hey, you should go RX. I'm like, no, but I have been. And so I am oh. like, beat up, but yeah. it's, it's a good type of beat up. But yeah. Oof. Did I? So the, the night before Murph, I'm like, oh, I should do Murph. Oh, and no. um, I haven't been doing CrossFit programming for a while. I, I cycle through and I've been oh, yeah, doing yeah. functional bodybuilding. I've, I've absolutely loved it. Probably about two years. I might do a CrossFit workout once, maybe twice every two weeks, maybe three, four times a month. Yeah, and so I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna do Murph. Oh man, um, right off the yeah, no, yeah, yeah, and I'll just, I'll just do it. I'll do it all RX except for without the vest, <laughs> the vest which yeah. is not RX, but still, but yeah. And I'm like, uh, I can do the strict pull ups, but I'm gonna go ahead and butterfly. Yeah, yeah. And I can, and so I'm like, okay, butterfly pull ups. This is the amount of strategy I w- that I put into this butterfly pull ups. I'm gonna break it up, and but I'm gonna do the whole thing, and I'm gonna try and beat my record from sure. 10 years ago, of course, you know, why, why wouldn't a 49 year old guy? <laughs> yeah, I'm only 10 years old. Come on. I can do it. It's only a hundred pull-ups all in a row. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so man. I, <laughs> Oh yeah. So the, the, the pull-ups, no problem. Yeah. Um, the squats. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, that's, that's simple. The push-ups. Holy, holy. Why is it the push-ups? Right. I me too. I can be, <laughs> I, so I know doing that one. So it's 200 push-ups. If I start off, with just doing three at a time, I can almost make it through the end still doing three at a time. You know, you do three, you sit back, you stretch out, but yeah, the push-ups. Yeah. Well, you know, the the whole the whole thing here is is I, I beat my record time. I did it you in forty forty four oh four. Oh nice. And I actually did an extra I did an extra you know, like 10, 20, 30 of yeah. the reps because yeah, I just, yeah. I like, I'm, so, I'm out there working out by myself and I'm, right. I have, you I missed, have uh, yeah. chips. I have all this stuff. I'm like, I want to make sure. So I did that and, um, I felt amazing. That's great. So until the that's next an day. awesome time. Weirdly, but, my record is 4403. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Mine's like an hour and a half. So the pushups are like, they crush me and I'm doing it without a vest. So I'm like, I, oh. yeah. That's awesome. I have yet to make it under an hour. I just have these little baby arms. So yeah, yeah, yeah well, 44 is awesome. I'll tell you what, the next three days was <laughs> right, pure. <it's> miserable. <laughs> I, I was like, what? 
there's a pen. I can't pick my pencil up. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. So anyway, I understand your soreness. Um, you're 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 north of forty nine oh, yeah. as well. Was no, that? oh, you're yeah, north yeah, yeah. of. Yeah. yeah. So actually this year I'll turn 50. So it's, it's, it's only oh. a, a couple months away. So I'm just oh, shy so of it. You're younger than me. Dang it. But I've been telling people. So at the gym, they're like, how old are you? I've been saying I'm 50 for like five years. And oh, wow. um, my general manager, uh, Jamie, she's always like, dude, you're not even 50 yet. Quit saying it. So as soon as I turn 50, I'll probably say, Hey, you know, I'm 60. So I could still, I don't know. You just, it's hard to remember how old you are once you yeah. start getting older. I'm like, I don't even remember. It's like oh, I, it, okay. Thank you for verifying that for me. <laughs> because. My wife's like, honey, you're telling people the wrong age. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. all the time. I think the other weird part, and I don't think it's me, but maybe it is. So the kids will say something like, hey, you remember like three years ago we did whatever? I'm like, no, wasn't that like last year? And then it turns out it's three years ago. Or they'll ask me. I'm like, oh, that was like like two months ago. And they're like, dad, it was 10 years ago. I'm oh, like, funny. Really? I do the opposite. I do the yeah. opposite. Mine's always closer than accurate? it was. Yeah. No, it's the opposite. Oh, I'm like, can- yeah, I yeah. So, um, I think it's just getting, old. I, I think know. you replace some of that stuff with wisdom. I think we have to make space. <laughs> in our- right. Maybe so. I like to, I like what you're saying there. Yes. <laughs> I, I've become wise between my ears. Uh, I'm a legend in my own mind. No, I, yes. I don't know. But- oh, that's for sure. Uh, anyway, I, you have some, so how long have you been married? Uh, so we just did our silver anniversary. So it's 25 years. And as my wife will say, seven good years of marriage. No, it's. <laughs> No. 25 years and I'm always trying to be a better husband. And I, uh, over time have realized that I've failed epically and yeah. I'm still working on being a better husband and a better father. And, um, I I've really enjoyed your podcast because it's, it's, it's what I needed right at the right time. When like, I, I feel like someone asked the other day, Hey, would you go back and be 25? I'm like, I don't think so. Cause I know so much more about myself and I'd hate to be as stupid as I was back then. So yeah. Just yeah. hearing the other fathers talking about this stuff has just been tremendous for me. That really, it's weirdly what I needed to hear exactly when I needed to hear it. I would have been too not in the right place. I heard of you even maybe two years ago. So is that amazing? It's, that's amazing, yeah. and it's it's encouraging that the the message is getting out and people are hearing it. And oh, yeah. I'm getting these messages, and and it's all stages. You know, you, you and I were talking about this before. It's guys that haven't had kids yet and have little kids, medium kids, older kids in mind. It's like, it, it's, it seems to be free of boundaries of age other than, you know, you're married Tend right. to, tends to be, or, or wanting to get married. Those tend right. to be the boundaries and dead. Yeah. Dead's the other side. <laughs> That's right. Yes. You but, can't listen much when, when that happens. Yeah. No, no. So uh, I thought I'd just <laughs> nice. throw that, I like boundary. that boundary. I'll take anybody that's basically uh, a working adult. Yeah. Yeah. Or male anyway. So you were in tech sales and, and look, I don't know how successful you were, but tech sales yeah. is a very, very lucrative, um, it can be. high, high intensity, uh, type of place to be. It is. So it's, it's an interesting way to start. So I modeled my, I, I, weirdly, I didn't know I was doing this at the time, but now that I'm a dad, I can see my kids doing it. My dad was a mechanical engineer that went into tech sales. I'm an electrical engineer that went into tech sales. I mean, Come on. Oh, wow. I, I'm like, okay. So basically I'm just trying to become my dad. I'm like, I get it. There's probably a whole book on that. I, we did have a lot of success and I would love to say it was everything that I did, but you can go where you want to on this. But basically my wife and I are like, Hey, do we really want to believe in the Bible? I don't know. Let's actually read it. She's an engineer too. And then let's make, so this is like the engineers becoming pro and con, right? We grew up Christian. But we're like, as a family, what are we going to do? So anyway, read the whole Bible, came up with some stuff. And I came up with the idea that, Hey God, it says in here, you know, give to me and I will open the floodgates of heaven, right? So test me in this. I'm like, 
I'm a commissioned sales guy. Let's do it, baby. <laughs> and um, I tried to outgive God. And in that, I got blessed with just a lot of good commission. And um, I would love to say it was me, but I think it was just, you know, hey, there's promises in there. And uh, it can he can outpour. He can he can beat you in that for sure. So, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a whole topic. So I mentor a gentleman who leads men. Yeah. And he he's been really struggling. And not too long ago, I made this challenge to him uh, and I made it, it was around spending and around giving. And oh my gosh, that was, it's so hard for people oh, because yeah. we're, it, I, I use the analogy of the monkey or the, or the raccoon that, you know, they put their hand in the jar and they won't let go of what's in it. <laughs> right. And, they can't get it back. Yeah. Up, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm a very firm believer in that. Like last mm-hmm. night, somebody said something that they're doing and I'm like, I still have a little bit of it, of that in me. Mm-hmm. But I, I sent them money and I'm like, Ooh, should I have done that? And I'm like, right. But I, you're, you're right. You can't outgive God. Yeah. And that, I, I want to be very clear about that. That's my experience. Yeah. And, um, that's really cool that you bring that up. Cause it's, it's a, it's a journey. Well, when, and I don't know if I would have been able to do it on my own. I think it was really having my wife that was like leading into that. So that's cool. I mean, talk yeah. to each other about it. Sometimes just trust her and she's got better opinions. than so, I would love to say that I led that perfectly and it really wasn't, it was, you know, her pushing on me a bit to like, Hey, let go and let's see what happens. And so, so yeah, a common theme in wisdom in marriage finances and rearing kids is a wife. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I was recording, I was recording with a, with a guest who just, we just re-recorded. He's like, he's texted me. He's like, Hey, I don't know if you knew this, but I wasn't feeling good when we recorded. I'm like, really? Oh, I didn't know that. He's like, yeah. He said, do you think we should re-record? I'm like, I don't know. It seemed fine to me. And he goes, well, here's the deal. My wife could hear the whole thing. And she said, you need to go record, re-record because you didn't feel well. Listen, and I'm like, yeah. and I'm like, yes, we need to record. Yeah, if, right. if, you're, if your wife is telling you that, dude, like, don't even second guess it. We got to no, do it. Let's just go do that. Yeah, no, that's right. So the, the thing that I found, though, in this tech sales was I, I was really messing up my home life. So I was yeah. traveling three or four days a week or sometimes five days a week. So I had... um. Um, initially I had a Louisiana, Mississippi and Alabama, which people would say, really, you're doing tech sales, basically selling stuff to Bell South and that's your state. But the great part was nobody really sold there for like five years. So mm. I was coming into an area where they were just like, bring it to me. And I wasn't the golf guy. I was the, I can fix it guy. So my shtick was, I'm, a, I'm an engineer from Georgia tech. I can really help you with your stuff, but I won't play golf with you. And they're like, ah, okay, well, you're going to help me meet my metrics. But I was gone so much and I realized I was doing this wrong while I was providing for them like financially. I wasn't really involved as a dad. And this one weekend, my wife said, you know what? And jokingly, but, you know, it hit home. I really need you to uh, go back out of town because you're messing up my routine. I thought, oh, "Oh, dang, I'm doing this wrong. Okay, what did I just do? And so that really started me on this this idea that, you know, other dads would say, oh, my wife's out of town. I have to babysit my kids. I'm like, no we don't babysit our kids. We're the dad. So yeah, it was a, it was, um, unfortunately it was a eye opener and a, and a shaker in my life. I wish I was smart enough to have known that before, but yeah, you know, there we were similar journey and total similar journey. And, um, I'm glad I kind of saw the light, if you will. How, right. what did you do though? Like, okay, you, you kind of had this epiphany. What'd you do? Yeah. So the first thing I did, which was kind of bad, my boss said, Hey, we can, sort of promote you and you can kind of manage some people and you'll stay around a little bit more. And I'm just really bad at that. So I made the less month, the least amount of money I'd ever made by trying to like move up. So what is that Peter principle? You Peter yeah. out at your highest level of incompetency. In, in, in 
And I'm like, yeah, I can't manage people at all. I guess I'm really bad at this. So can I just be the sales guy again? So that didn't work. And then eventually, so we started taking the commission and, and for a while we were a dink, dual income, no children. And we had been, you know, stashing away money. So we started getting into the uh, rental property stuff. So now I'm a landlord and I've got some successful and unsuccessful businesses. And so I'm no longer a traveling sales guy, but um, it was a, it was, you know, basically they will buy your life from you, right? You mm-hmm. wonder how much, like, how, could, could, could you be paid to be away from your family? No. I mean, the answer is yes. And it's exactly what my commissions and salary were. So they could pay me to leave and do their work. And um, so, yeah. And I think that's the thing that people don't, they don't, men don't stop and think, what am I actually doing? Oh, I'm selling my life. You are. I'm in a hotel room going, I'm, I'm watching a movie by myself in the hotel room and um, I, I, they bought me. I am here. I am their indentured servant or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I started to really feel that I, I did the, the dump my business and go back to my just full career. So I actually had time with my family, but then I went back into corporate later and they started me at six months working in Austin. I live in North of Dallas. It's a three hour drive. So I stayed there Sunday night wow. through Thursday night. And I was like, this is no way to, I did it for six months. I just it was turning the market around. And so I did that for six months and then I would travel a lot to Atlanta, believe it or not. Um, I had a call center there. I had uh, a team there. And so I'd go there all the time and it was just like, this is a horrible way to live. Right. It's so and, and lonely. They it's will so pay weird. you well because it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but they're paying you to be away <laughs> from your kids. My wife's on the phone with me. Hey, we're at the football game or we're at right. the da, da, da. And I'm like, Wow. Okay, well, I'm eating out on someone else's dime, and it's just not fun. <laughs> oh, and that was a right there. That was an interesting one too. So I would spend all this time out of town eating out, and come back home, and and my dad, my dad had given me some wisdom: happy wife, happy life. And I'm like, okay, he's like, and one thing is to live close to wherever she's working, so her drive is short. I'm like, oh, all right. smart. So we lived like two minutes from her drive, but I wasn't sales, so it didn't really matter where I worked because I was going to drive anyway. But she would just go from the office back home. She's like, I'm outside of the apartment for two minutes or two miles or whatever. And when I got home, she's like, let's go out to eat. I'm like, I've been eating salty food out for five days. I don't want to go out, but she's like, I want to go out and experience. So we were like, not only not connecting and it was just a disconnect when we got home and that was the early stages. And it was pre like these cell phones, right? I mean, I had a cell phone, but it was, you know, flip it open and you're right. like, beep, 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 beep. and if you want to text, it's like <laughs> you hit H or hit the, uh, you know, the five key nine oh times God. to get the right letter. So it, maybe it would have been easier with the technology that's out today, but it, it was definitely, I was creating my own demise. And I didn't even know it. Yeah. I think there's, I like this story and I like telling this story because I have the story and so many men have this story. I don't think you can say this story enough because if one guy listens, it was like you or me and is in the middle of it. It's like it, hopefully it gives them that little proverbial slap across the face of like, wake right. up, dude. Right. Yeah. Cause you, you asked your wife, Hey, do you like all this money? I mean, yeah, of course they like the house and whatever, but well, would you rather me be here and actually be a husband or a father? They're like, yeah, I mean the second one, obviously. And, yeah, and, and it makes total sense, but you just don't see it cause you're in it. Well, a lot of men, <clears throat> uh, mistake providing for money. They're like, oh, I yeah. need to provide money. And if you ask your wife and kids, they're like, yeah, it's nice, but it's not what's important to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you did, you, you switched careers eventually and, and, and did some rentals. That's yes. not just a super easy thing to jump into. <laughs> well, so I'll tell you what, the uh, uh, YouTube 
and electronic payments have made it easier. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, being an engineer, I can, I feel like I could fix some things. And so I could watch enough, like how to fix it stuff. So not only the landlord, but I'm the repair guy, I do everything all in one. And then instead of like, I had this one guy, <laughs> they were, they paid me in ones because he's a, uh, he was a ballet driver. And so he had all these, this cash and it just, he's like, he texted, he's like, it's in the mailbox. Just come get it. I'm like, dude, you put cash in your mailbox. That's, I mean, it's a good <laughs> thing I have character because I could have said I didn't get it and just totally picked it up. So anyway, so the, the hard part of getting things fixed and the hard part of collecting rent was made easier in like 2008 when YouTube and PayPal, which was going to steal your money back then, kind of came online. We went down that avenue. And then we also like I started an Olympic fencing business, which did not do so great. And then we started CrossFit Garage, which is still operating today. And of course, there's other, I mean, you know how business are, right? You start 10, maybe one or two of them take off. Yeah. So it was oh, Robert yeah. Kiyosaki's book. And he said something like, any idiot can be a landlord. I'm like, dude, I'm like any idiot. I can do this. <laughs> I can try this. And I'm, I, I'm here to tell you, any idiot, me, anybody can do it. So it's not rocket science. People do rental properties all the time. Yeah. Yeah. In my company, so I place virtual assistants with, with companies. But mm-hmm. a large chunk of them are real estate investors or they own multiple Airbnbs or multiple multifamily units or homes. And so I've learned a lot about it. And it's a very interesting market. Or it's a very interesting. Actually, my wife and I were just looking at buying a rental a couple of weeks ago. We, we oh, stopped nice. for a very specific reason, but we have that. that I've wanted to do it for years. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. And CrossFit... Karage, when did that start? So a buddy of mine and three other guys said, hey, you join us. We're going to start CrossFit Garage in Woodstock, Georgia, and it's going to be great. And I'm like, well, nobody knows where Woodstock is, so that's going to be weird. And what is this CrossFit thing? And uh, so it was about 2007 when they had the idea, 2008 when we made it all official. And so it's, I guess, that's 15-ish years. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a decent amount of time. Yeah, being, yeah, and uh, COVID kind of like everybody smacked us in the face and we're still trying to get up from that. And, you know, you don't want to let members know, like, it's not my job to tell them, or it's, well, I guess maybe it is my job to tell them how we're doing financially, but I don't want to put that burden on them, right? We're okay. I don't, I don't have to use the money for my mortgage. That's what rental properties are for, which allowed us to kind of get through some of the, the, the rough spots. Yeah. And we, we started using that Mike Michalowicz, uh Profit First book. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. And so I had money stashed away for, for different stuff, but hello, <laughs> three months of vacation, I guess, right? And right. a rebuild. So it was kind of a weird, rough road, um, but we're back on our feet and um, it's a lot of fun. I think it keeps me healthy and young. And um, it's my kids are old enough. They've been doing CrossFit since, I guess, when they would do our summer strength. So some of them have been doing it for my oldest one, maybe 10 years, my youngest one, maybe six years. And three of them just got their level one. And now they're starting to shadow and coach at the gym right now until they go back to college. But yeah, well, it's, it's been a really, great road. That's encouraging. I, I want I want that what you just said to be an encouragement to fathers because a lot of fathers. Hey, look, I'm I'm ca- I'm I'm putting everybody in the same barrel. But yeah. it's pretty common for guys to be like, "This is what you, you. I work out. I do CrossFit. You should do CrossFit. I play basketball. You should play basketball. I played volleyball. You should play ball. Whatever the case is, right? Instead of just modeling it, just just do the thing. Yeah. So that's what my wife and I did. We're just, we're just always work. We love working out. We rarely miss a day. It's just part mm-hmm. of our life. And now both of my boys just, it's just part of their life. There was a season where they could care less, but boy, once, once it hit, it hit. And yeah. then 
I'm like, okay, you guys are going to be outworking us in no time flat, right. which is really awesome. And so you have two two kids in college and yep. two in high school. Yep, that's that's four kids. That's twice the amount I'd want. <laughs> it's a uh, it's it is interesting. So now they're all back for the summer. So I'm like, wow, it's adding people back into the house is a little bit of a struggle. But in when you were talking about the way they imitate you, it is interesting. I, I would a lesson. For everybody out there is they will imitate your bad stuff too so when you're like where did you you do that and you're like oh that's me right but um yeah so one of them uh, olivia she's at uh, auburn doing chemical engineering and evan's at uga doing uh, computer science and then um levi and evie are a high school fellowship christian in roswell and um, we're aiming them all at the stem stuff because i'm like hey look nobody knows what they want to do when they grow up but i tell you what the science and technology thing seems to pay better so you might as well get paid well to not be sure what you want to do. <laughs> but this is a great conversation because you're right. Um, my oldest has decided not to go to college. He wants to be an entrepreneur like me, which I'm totally cool with. Like, go for it, dude. But it's going to be a rough road, but go for yeah. it. And I'm, I'm in my, my younger is like zero interest in school. He's like, I'm starting a business. And I look at them and the older one, he's, he's very structured kind of more engineer type brain. He's artistic, mm-hmm. but also logical. It's a very interesting combination. And I'm like, ooh, he overthinks. It's like, it's got to be perfect before he starts. I'm like, maybe you could. But then my uh, my youngest, I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> you're going to out-earn me by the time you're 19 yeah. years old. Yeah. Because you're going to take all the stuff I learned I learned the hard way and go straight into it. Right. But the um, if they're going to go to college, doing something that's super marketable. And like you, you got to build up this income stream and build up this money until, and you fig- until you figure out what you want to do. I have a master's degree. My wife has a doctorate's degree. Oh, wow. She's making more doing all the work from home as a nutrition coach, right. right? And I'm making way more and doing and working from home, doing something completely outside of my master's degree. And it's right. like, hey, but we learned a lot from that process. And, I, and so uh, the STEM stuff is low-hanging fruit, really low-hanging fruit, if you're good it- at it. If you such a thing, so I so I tell them is most people don't want to use their mind and they don't want to push too hard. So if you yeah. use your mind and do the things that are hard, people just pay you more. But you had a post the other day about exuding confidence and being around people that do that. The older two went to the uh, Two Brain Summit with me in Chicago. Oh, cool! And it was some, it's funny that you posted about it, but I was trying to teach them that like go out and meet people. We've been talking like at the gym, and you could talk to people and all this, but go out. So I gave them a chore. I said uh, on their entrepreneurial journey, it's like, hey, there's a social. Go meet five people and come up with a win. And they're like, what's a win? I'm like, you'll know it when you find it. <laughs> so they went out and did. It was actually pretty wow. interesting. What they with. But getting them in that, 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 like opening their eyes. I mean, what, what would it be worth for your kid to see what's possible? I mean, almost anything. So like, you know, buying the tickets, getting them up there. Yeah, there was a cost to it all. But man, seeing them light up with the wins they found. I'm like, that right there, we could just go home right now because you found the one thing. Let's just, you know. Man, it is awesome. And it's, I would love to say that I taught them to do it, but I didn't, I think it's just watching, right? Yeah. I don't know. So it, it, that's, it's awesome that they went with you because it, there's such an entrepreneurial mindset. There's a lot of like conversation on a deeper level on, you know, what, how are you using your core values to move your business forward? And what are you, how are you making, you know, all these things that you are really hard to teach. And that's what I tried to, I, I got my son involved in the mastermind stuff. I was doing obviously a different one, but mm-hmm. he, um, and, but there were so many lessons that it, 
he started just doing things, which was really nice. cool to watch. Of course, now he's making money on TikTok. So, I mean, <laughs> I couldn't have shown him anything on the no, well, right. More power to you, buddy, because I just don't get it. But it's it's a, it's quite the <laughs> That's awesome. quite the experience and the the confidence thing. Like, look, yeah. the only reason I speak so strongly about that is because I struggled through my forties with that. It wasn't until like last year that I'm like, if I walk into a room thinking that if I act the way I really want to act and I am who I really want to be. And I think if I sit in that confidence, I walk in that confidence and I, I, I move myself through the day in that confidence. Other people are going to be jealous of that. Right. Oh oh man. Did that change my mindset? Yeah. Is Oh, like, why am I so afraid to be me? Why? Right. And that's a self-sabotaging thing. And it's so hard for people to understand. It was hard for me for years. I was always looking for people's like approval. And as soon right. as I kind of like shed that, it's like, you know, who cares? Like right. I, I, I'm wearing what I want to wear. I used to worry so much, like even for the two brain conference, what, what am I going to wear? <clears throat> what are other people going to wear? Yeah. Uh, they're all wearing Lululemon shorts. I got to go buy some Lululemon shorts. And then it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> No one right. cares. Oh, no. <laughs> Nobody right. cares. And if I wear something I'm comfortable in and then I believe that everybody else is going to look at me and like, oh, he's wearing, I should be wearing that. That right. sets it, sets the mind in a different angle, yeah. different place. It does. So Powerful it, tool. There's, so it's funny you said that in the uh, nobody cares. So I did a podcast with my daughter and her, I said, if you had a billboard and you put something on it, she'd be like, it's okay. Nobody cares. I'm like, well, let's talk about that. Right. So I've told my kids all the time. So this is this, I don't know if it's, Good. It's, 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 I'm gonna throw it out there. If there's advice for you, great. All you dads out there. So I tell my kids all the time, the favorite conversation point of a teenager is themselves, right? So right. our joke is like the girl comes up and says, Hey, enough about me. Enough about what I think about me. What do you think about me? And so I'm like, guys, if you're ever not sure what to talk about, just talk about them and <laughs> everything will be fine. But, uh, so uh yeah, true. it's been an interesting road. So of course, being a, a guy, the, the boys are a little bit easier. Uh, the girls, I didn't know that there were so many emotions that went on. And I was like surprised. I mean, my wife and I are engineers, so she has a lot of uh, control over that. She's, you know, you talked about trying to get out there. I was an introvert forever until, and I, so I didn't know that people cared about these things because I just stayed to myself. Right. <laughs> and then going into sales, you just sort of have to get the reps in and you, all of a sudden you're like, oh, he can talk. Right. It's just been an interesting journey with those the kids into their twenties. And, you know, still having kids in high schools, I got, so it's, it's girls on, on the, the oldest and the youngest are girls, but the uh, cool. conversation point we just had was dad, what you're doing right now isn't very fair. Cause Olivia didn't have to do that. I'm like, yeah, it's not fair. And that's just how it's going to be. Sorry. Cause I've learned better. <sighs> it was so true. I mean, the, the life of the younger is easier and harder all at once Yeah, because we do stupid stuff with our first kids <clears> and we're like, why? why did I care about that? That is so oh, dumb. And then we do stuff that we're like, Oh man, I'm setting a boundary way earlier on this one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. And that I think also, so yes to that. And don't feel bad dads as you decide or become or grow into somebody different. Good people don't like it when bad things happen. And if you're trying to change who you are, you're a good person. And so if you mm -hmm. did things like I spent way too hard and too fast, Early on, and I, I'm, I'm not happy about that. But I, and I didn't do it for the younger one. And of course, Evan's always like, "Why didn't you spank her as much?" I'm like, eh, "It didn't really work for you." And I probably shouldn't have done that. 
So you just change and you tell them, I'm sorry. I do do that a lot. Hey, I have changed what I do and I'm sorry for what I did. I'm just a dad learning to be a dad for the very first time. It's very interesting. I think kids are incredibly different. You know, when you're talking about the spanking and, and how you, how you punish reward, all that, all that stuff with your kids. I have found that with people who have incredibly clear boundaries, like incredibly clear and they hold very true to those boundaries that that stuff never even comes up. Right. Because it's all, there's no pushing of the, I got to see what, you know, how what far I can, I can go here. And so do the hard work and you won't have to do the hard work. It's a, it's an interesting concept, but it really works. Have you found yeah. that with yours as well? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And and you, look, something that you had said earlier that I think, man, I wish I would have had this, but it was, a, it would be a boundary on who we are, these core values for your family. Like if you have those, then you know how to make decisions, right? We, we right. don't do that. Oh, we do do that. Right. So and that's something that I didn't even think of. Like, yeah, in business, we have, you know, mission statements and, and, and you know, vision and all this. But why don't I have it for my family? I don't know. <laughs> so It's hard we, work by, yeah. for starters. Yeah. To come up with that. Like, what do oh, yeah. you want to believe in? So I think those, you know, the boundaries there and just, yeah. So you do end up setting things that are super helpful. Doing the hard work of coming up with, again, principles or something does yield value, even though you may not think like, this is stupid. It's, it's you know not going to do anything. It does. And it helps them kind of set who they are. One of my buddies who's been on the podcast multiple times, Jeff Forrester, he was, he was kind of my, my logistics guy at this event. And he, well, he took a lot of work off of me and saying, because my <laughs> nice. brain is always like five steps ahead. I'm an operator. And so I'm always like the, the garbage needs to be emptied. I got to go empty the garbage. Oh my gosh, that has to be straight. And I got to get all these logistics in place. And so I, I <laughs> right. had put someone in that seat as you probably have learned, learned, I put the right person in that seat, but he also got a chance to do one of our fireside chats and it was about creating your, your values and about half the guys hadn't done it. Most of them had done it for their business and were and and the, I thought guys were going to dig it and it was going to be cool. Oh boy. Like it was like tears sharing how they wish they would have put this down in place before and right. how they can see how incredibly and powerful and impactful that is because it has been for my family. And um, it's just, it's just something we overlook so quick. I tell guys all the time, like, Hey, look, if you would just treat your family with the same intentionality, you treat your business. Cause I talk to a lot of business owners. You would mm-hmm. just treat your family with the same intentionality that you treat your business. You'd be in much better space. They're like, yeah. you're right. Yeah. You're right, and so my dad's advice on that one was um, as I've gotten to sales, he's like, just remember, you're going to fall into the, the trap of you treat your you treat your family like customers and your customers like family. I'm like, hmm, I should probably. And, and, and I did. And I didn't mm-hmm. I, even though I knew it, I still did it. So he came out of the era of you know, Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy. And he gave me those. The Well, I guess back then I was driving around and listening to them on tape, on tape. So yep. literally books on tape. Um, yep. Now the MP3 or, or your phone. I mean, that's just a, such a glorious tool. But um, so he came up with like, hey, what, what, what is a wrestler? Because I wrestled and he came up with a wrestling mantra with me. But it was more that PMA, that positive mental attitude, not core values. Right. Yeah, so right. then I took that with my kids and we worked out a, like a I call it the McCann's kid, McCann kids anchor. And mm. I can't say it, but they can rattle it off for you because I made them say it like every day we drive to school. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. That's wise. You, um, you know, you, you do 
core values, your mission statement in front of for your staff, and you like, hey, it's on the walls. Everybody knows what it is. Mine's a saying. You know, it's like a it's it's a word, whatever you call that acronym. Uh, acronym right? Yeah, yeah, it's an acronym, and you know, I, I talk about it. We we always refer to it like, okay, what would we do in this situation, or what are we going to do in this situation? Oh, well, accountability is one of our core values. How can we be accountable for this, and right. what does that look like? And so, and we do all this, and then it's like with your family, it's like, oh, I don't know how to how to handle this. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's look at some core values and just go in that direction because that will serve you really well. Yeah, <laughs> it's so usually the hard that- answer. It's the hard answer. The hard right thing to do is usually the yeah. right thing to do. Yeah. I like that. The hard things are hard to do, but if you do them first, then the hard things you don't have to do. I like that. I like yep. that. I have to work that into my, yeah, my uh, go. spiel at the gym when I'm coaching. Oh, it's so <laughs> it's the same thing, right? Yeah. Like mechanics matter, but doing the work for every day for a long time is what's going to matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to start with the basics too. <laughs> so this is fun. This is really fun. But how, how, how was the transition to kids to college? Because my wife, Mm-hmm. I have two. I only have two boys. Oh boy! When the first left, this was a big deal. Yeah, uh, big deal. And we we went through this period where, like, my boys both were like had their their football stiff arms out. They didn't play yeah. football, but you know they were yeah, yeah, like yeah. face mask. Boom! Right. Oh yeah, they were. They were. They you know, mom here. Boom! And they were they were kind of attaching more to me. But I'm like, babe, they're establishing their. They're establishing their independence. Right. It's not against you. It's just, it's a natural thing that they have to do to become an adult. We want our kids to be successful adults. Right. This is part of it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And it was uh, tough. My, my son moved away. He's in Montana now. I'm like, babe, I'll fly you there as much as you want to go. But it is just, right. it's so hard. How did your wife go through that? So, yeah. So that's actually, the, you guys should know this. The, your daughters will handle it different than your sons. And it's like 180 degrees. So when we dropped off Olivia to Auburn, she's like, would you guys stay and help me like put up the lights and put up the sheets and put up the whatever. <laughs> right. And I'm looking at my watch going, well, look, kid, I love you, but we got like a three hour drive. So we got to go. And so it just like, can you take me to dinner? Could you guys mind staying the night? And my wife's like, yes, let's do the, let's do all of this. I'm like, okay. So then that was a, uh, I guess two years ago. Then last fall, we dropped off Evan at UGA. And I was like, look, I'm pretty sure this is going to be really different than Olivia. We're probably going to bring the last box up. He's going to turn to us and say, okay, bye, and shut the door on us. And she's like, no way. So it wasn't that bad, but it was close. So we brought the last box up. He's like, all right, mom and dad. He hugged us and then spun us out the door. And I'm like, that's our dismissal. I mean, he wants to see what's out there. And uh, uh, it, it was like, that's it. We just get in the car. So there was no tears or anything because we kind of had talked about it ahead of time, but it is very different to drop off a daughter to us. Usually, I guess, stereotypically, it's going to be very different. And yeah, be ready for that. We still like, I make it, a, and dads make it a point, man. I, I actually, every morning would text them like, hey, I love you. You're beautiful to my daughter. And Evan, uh, you're the man, whatever. T- you know, at night, tell me a story. I would just try to stay in there if they wanted to. And yeah, don't be upset if they don't text you back. That's actually a good sign. They're having fun or they're learning or studying or whatever. But it's hard. I think I want guys to understand that you have to prepare your wife for it. Oh, yeah. Like do the do take take our advice and do the work in advance and be like, hey, there's going to be a point where they start to push away. That's not because they don't love you. It's because it's a natural. This is like, you know, I'm the I'm the eagle 
pushing the baby eagles out of the nest off right. the ledge. Like that's my job as dad is like, <clears throat> here you go. Learn to yeah. fly. And your job is to, you know, has, has been to nurture them and love them and cuddle them and keep them comfortable while I'm sitting there, you know, wings against the back of the nest, pushing with right, my feet, like, it, get right. out of here. Yeah. Well, and it's also changing your roles, right? So it like, what do I do now? If it's your only one, then that's a big change. If there's a couple Huge. behind them, there's other changes. So it's in, in, even in your own life, like my dad just retired and he's like, what do I do now? I'm like, yeah. So I've read that or listened to podcasts and books that if you don't have purpose, you die soon. So mm-hmm. find a purpose, right? So what is your role? What is your purpose? What are you doing? What are you giving to? Are you giving back? Or is it all about you? Is it all about like the golf? I mean, it's just not going to work. So you do have to rediscover a bit who you are. But if you see it coming and you make slow changes to that, it's good. I can't say that I was the best at it, but I can tell you that I should have been doing that better yeah. or more actively, I suppose. That's a That's a topic that's been really interesting. I had a guest on my podcast a few weeks ago and he was like, well, by the kids time my kids are 18 they'll both be millionaires and um because <laughs> they're sa- they're saving a ton of money for them yeah and he's going to buy them a house or buy them into a business and i had another so i posted that reel and i had guys like no way no way in hell am i giving my kids that and yeah. that's kind of how i've always felt i'm like mm-hmm. i want them to learn how to earn but i was just listening to actually joe rogan and a guy that i I know from a mutual friend, Andy Stump was talking to him. He's been on his podcast over and over again. He's just, his just dropped like last week or this week. He owns, mm-hmm. he just opened a Black Rock uh, Rifle Coffee, the biggest Black Rifle Coffee shop um, up in Kalispell. We visited multiple times. Beautiful. But he was talking. He's like, my dad sold his, is selling his house in Southern Cal, massive amounts of money behind it. And he's moving to Montana. And he's like, and he was, ta- his dad's like, well, what do I do with this, this money? And he's like, enjoy life <laughs> like right don't he's like on day on your last day of breathing i hope your five dollar check that you just spent bounces and that was the end of it i thought you know for, for a son to say that about his dad yeah. i think a lot of people have saved and worked at saving so long mm. in their life that they don't know that next phase they don't right. know what they should be doing but man why do we work our asses off all year all lifelong and then save it to pass on to the next generation that, that will not have to work right. and appreciate what they're doing. So anyway, that's just a personal thing. I'm kind of like starting to like play with in my head. Like, Ooh, how do I feel well, about this? Because it is a tough road and I don't have a balancing act. I mean, I'd love, I, hmm, I don't have a solution, but I, I am trying to work that balancing act of, I don't want you to live in a cardboard box, but I want you to have experiences of the cardboard box. And so, you know, we did a lot of club sports with the kids. Was it that yeah. important? No, but it, it gave them an artificial pressure point. Like, hey, you, you have to make tryouts. If, if it matters to you, you probably need to do the things you need to do, right? And so it is a weird balancing act. I want them to do, I want them to be entrepreneurs. I want them to earn money. I, I could probably give them stuff, but you know, teaching them the fish versus giving them the fish, which one's going to help more? I, I don't know. There is a mixture in there. It's a fine line of, it's kind of like if you're the boss, are you the friends of your employees? Are you the boss of your employees? Or are you so, I mean, it's such a hard spot to hit. Here's where the value of your values come into place. This is really interesting. Sure. Just answered my own question. So yeah. for both my boys, they both want to be entrepreneurs. <clears throat> I'm like, hey, awesome. I'll give you some seed money, but there's going to be strings attached. Like, oh, yeah. uh, uh, There's no strings attached and like you have to repay it. But I want, you know, 
I want to be an advisor from the top or something like something like it's not free, but it's, it's free. I, I kind of right. feel like if you've ever loaned like your, your friend's money, you don't loan it. You're giving yeah. it just yeah, let yeah. It just, and if it comes back to you, awesome. That has been so freeing. But one of our yeah, family you like your friends or you like your money because you're not getting one of them back. Probably. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is dangerous. Dangerous. Hey, if somebody asks you to loan money, just make the decision you're never seeing again because otherwise you're going to ruin your friendship. It's just the way it is. But one of our family values is uh, experiences over things. Yeah. And so when I think about that, my wife and I, one of her goals and I love it. One of her, her, her big missions is that we are living and have enough that we can take both of our boys, their spouses, their kids on major vacations every year Mm -hmm. and take care of that. But um, because then we're passing that generational, we love experiences like that's like we either can buy a new fancier fridge or we can go up to Bo- Broken Bow Bo for a week and spend a time with family. My, my boys are always going to say, I don't care about the screwy fridge. I don't care if right. the handle's broke and I have to wiggle it three times to get it open. I'm like, oh, God, it sucks. They're like, no, I'm yeah. going up to Broken Bow to have this right. amazing vacation. So. Then I'm thinking, how does that relate to leaving money behind? Well, if we can have experiences instead of giving them each a million or two million or whatever it is when we pass away, don't get me wrong. There's ways that you can build out assets and death benefits that will pay them when you die. But still, I just think it's, it's again, it comes back to your your values. You can, right. you no, can answer every question sure. that way. You had said something very valuable and there's you kept talking to them. and and here's an opportunity, right? So dads, your, your kids just keep asking them for quality. So they will find quality time in your quantity time. So if you take them to your trip for a week, somewhere in there is going to be that nugget that you needed, right? So a a fun little story for my, my youngest one, Evie, I have asked all of my kids to do these adventure races with us, which is basically it's, it's a, it's a team and you go out and you run bike canoe with a topo map and a compass and you find checkpoints in the woods, right? And so I've asked her tons of times if they want to do an, uh, go on one of these with me. So she's the only one at home. We're out eating. And she's like, you know, I want to do something epic. I'm like, hey, do you want to do an adventure race? Thinking I'm going to get my 999th no. She turns to me and she's like, yeah, I'll do it with you. I'm like, wait, wait, wait what? So I'm hurrying up <laughs> finding, finding a race that I can sign us both up for. And so we're out. I tell her while we're going out there, I say, hey, you probably want long socks because there's a lot of stuff in the woods that make get your legs up. So anyway, we get out there. And um, I said, how's it going with you so far? She's like, yeah, I think next time I'll wear long socks. And all I heard was next time. I'm like, <laughs> what? You'll do this again with me, right? So I, you just create the experience, create the opportunities, keep asking. Eventually, they're going to say yes. And in that quantity of time, you're going to find some piece of quality that Ooh, will stick good. with them and and mean a lot, right? So yeah. There is a fine balance because you shared the the quantity of time leads to quality quality of time. There is a fine balance um, there as well, where parents are helicopter parents. Oh, so I have yeah, a, yeah. I have a buddy buddy that has two types of pe- parenting. He's like, there's heli that you don't want to do. There's helicopter and koala, and helicopter <laughs> is <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Right. Like, I didn't even need to know what it is. Koala yeah. just says it all. That's, that's oh yeah, awesome. yeah. And and he's he's awesome. He he has all this education about um. Uh, about technology for kids and he's he's just a wealth of knowledge and he has an app and he has all this stuff and he's just educating parents on 
on how to handle this technology thing. Don't be a, and he's like, don't be a helicopter pilot. Don't be a koala. You got to be somewhere in between. And it's just, there's so much power and disengagement. Right. Oh yeah. Because if you're, it'll just work out. You don't have to force it. Like you saying, you know, Hey, you're going to play baseball this year. I'm, I pick on baseball all the time because I see it so much. Uh, in soccer, you did soccer. You did club soccer. I, I you're going to play soccer man. this year. No, nope, dad, I really, I want to try volleyball. Nope. You're really good at soccer. Yeah. That's, that's for you. And you, and you're, and you as dad might be thinking, this is how I get to spend time with you. Right. And that's a forced situation. It's not going to turn out good. Yeah. As opposed to somebody's going to do an adventure race with me. You want to do an adventure race with me? Want to do an adventure race with me? Let's yeah. do an adventure race. And at some point, maybe they'll say yes. Maybe and they then do. embrace the crap out of that thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. So, so two tangents on that. So, yes, I was that soccer dad and I yeah. was yelling at refs and kids. And eventually, one of my good buddies scooted away from me. I'm like, <gasps> I looked at him. I said, Oh, man, am I that dad? He's like, Yeah, you're that dad. You like, shared oh. that on a podcast, I believe. I, that's, I probably did because it was a it was a moment of like, oh man, I I, I just made a, 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 the teenage ref cry and I didn't care, but now yeah, oh it was hurtful. Oh man, I know right? It's it, it so yeah, the, and then the change from that to my youngest, my daughter, my oldest daughter is like, you made me play soccer. And I'm like, I did make you. I'm so sorry. And maybe there's something good that came out of it. I don't oh, know. Sure, but. Oh. Yeah, that was hurtful. And um, I don't know, my, I'm too old. I forgot the second thing. But that first thing, don't be that dad. If you're yelling at refs or you're yelling at somebody else's kid, you're the dad. And or if you don't know if you are, have someone video you. Yeah. <laughs> you'll or you fast. This is what I see a lot. You're, you are, your kid has to look at you in the stands to get affirmation or to get coaching. Like, leave the coaching to the coaches. Right. Oh, man. And they might not be a good coach. But there is, there's a lot of lessons to be learned in that, right? Oh, yeah. And it's really hard. Trust me. And, well, and I have been a, a, a club level soccer coach. And sometimes you tell a kid to do something that isn't normal because I don't know, their, their striker is just really good. So you're like, look, play like man to man on them, just mess their day up. And so now they're out of position and parents are like, you're out of position. Yeah. You're like, yeah, because I told them to be out of position. Hang so, tight. I got this. So sometimes the yeah. coaches know what they're doing and they got something different going on to try to help you win. But yeah, I was that guy. And um, I'm ashamed of it, but I tell everyone all the time. I'm like, I was the guy, and I'm telling you, don't be that guy. And if you're sure, if you're not sure, I can stand next to you, and I'll tell you after the game if you're that guy. <sighs> yeah, I was him. Well, I think so. We're running low on time, and one sure, one thing yeah. that I think we could spend an entire episode talking about is club sports. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're probably right. Yeah, and you have experienced it, and you've seen it from both sides, and I think you learned a lot through oh, yeah. that experience, um, which is pretty actually pretty exciting that would be a kind of a fun conversation to have um i, I believe it'd be embarrassing for me but sure it would teach somebody <laughs> something so I would that tell might them. be all we need to share <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah so i let's wrap this thing up with sure. you know uh, just a few things but first of all you have a lot of things that you look at your past and you're like okay i had to learn this lesson i had to learn this lesson Give us one or two to any young parents, any young fathers, or even midway through fathers that sure. you think like, hey, guys, do this now and save yourself a ton of headaches. Yeah. Um, so, man, there's a lot of one. Oh, okay. So it's probably not the best. I'm just going to go to the order that are coming to Doesn't you right matter. now. So, yep. yeah. So tuck your kids in as long as they will let you. And when they tell you to stop tucking them in at night, 
still do it, but like, just tell them, I'm not tucking you in. I'm just coming to see how you're doing. And they will still want to talk to you. Yeah. So I'll tell like my, my oldest daughter does not like, um, they're not physical touch. Three of my kids or family members, not physical touch. Three of them are. And, um, anyway, so I will just like put my finger on her like shoulder and just be like, I love you and you're beautiful. And then we'll pray. And then I'll just stay there. She's like, don't tuck me in. I'm like, I'm not. And I just stay there. And eventually she's like, Hey, so, and you just have these conversations. So be present, give them time at night. They want to talk. I I guess another one that I'd say is I, I get the opportunity. So change it from, I have to, to, I get to, so I have to drive my kids to school because it's a private school or I get to, and in that get to, I'm like, uh, like on the way home, Hey, and instead of how was your day? I'm like, Hey, tell me a story about your day. And the weirdly, when you use the word story, they're like, Hmm. And they come up with something and then you just ask how or why. Right. And you can create conversation and it's not like yes and no. And they really want to say things. It's just, we just, you know, I don't know that probably the other one was going to be, I've really only started doing this this year. So it's 49 years of life and it took me now, but especially daughters, they sometimes want hug daddy and not solve daddy. Ah, and why? Oh yeah. And so I just, I literally just ask my youngest one, Hey, am I hug daddy or solve daddy? And weirdly 99% of the time she's like, you're hug daddy. I'm like, okay, so I'm just going to hear what you say, give you some hugs and say, that stinks. Even though I know the answer is there's a nail in your forehead. Just take it out. Right. Just don't say it. (laughs) That is pure wisdom. And I've, I've said this over and over and over again about your wife. When she has stress and she's bringing you stress, you say, stop real quick. You want me to just listen and support you? Or do you want me to help solve this problem? 99% of the time it's listen and support. I like this hug. Wouldn't say hug daddy to my wife, but I like it. <laughs> That's a little awkward, but. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> wow. Uh, that went bad fast. Um, <laughs> or it's but fun. That, hey, you should have a fun marriage. So be yeah, fun. That has worked miracles. Yeah. In, in, in our relationship. Man, what a great. I wish I would have done that with my kids. I'm so glad you brought that up. Like you, that is, that is literally a drop the mic moment. That is so good, Andy. That's <laughs> well, really it took me 49 good. years to, to, I heard it. <laughs> And I just never would say it because I'm like, surely they know there's a nail in their head. I'll just pull it out. Yeah. It's so clear to us. We're problem solvers. We want to, we want to solve the problems. We want to be awesome. Right. And that's what we think is being awesome. Yeah. Block that friend. No, that's not the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. 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 So I don't, I, I guess I'd throw those at you. I'm sure there's tons more, but yeah, hopefully that helps some dad out there and don't be afraid to say you were wrong and I'm trying to be better. It's, it's so good. This, uh, that is so good. Not too long ago, my son was having an issue with a kid at school. It was really insecure. And the kid pantsed him in, and then said some things and then started calling my wife on his cell. Somehow he got my wife's cell phone and was blowing her cell phone up. And I told him, I go, you go back to school the next day. You look him in the eye and you say, you will not mess with my family. You kick him in the balls and then you punch him in the face. That's right. And I was 100% serious. And he just had this look on him like, that I understand that you're, he messed with my wife, right? He messed with my son. He messed with my wife. I'm like, I will back you 100 percent if you get in trouble. I don't care if you get suspended. And this is true. If it, but if this were a pattern, it would have been right. a better answer. Right, right, right. What I needed to do is just listen and yeah. say, oh gosh, like why do you think he did that? Because my son actually had insight, and he's like, oh, he's been. A-. The next day, I'm like, okay, 
on the way to school, I said, right. I, I had a little epiphany. I'm like, I think that I might've jumped a to conclusions here. And he goes, yeah. I said, he's been acting differently at school lately. He's like, yeah, you could tell he's really stressed. He's trying right. to get everybody's attention. I'm like, oh, I'm like, is he normally a nice kid? He's like, yeah, he's really nice. I'm like, okay. Okay, Scott, take a deep breath. I'm like, right. so do you think maybe he's hurting and needing attention he might not be getting? He's like, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. like, okay. I'm, Everyone has don't, a story. don't do my plan. Because <laughs> yeah. I told him, I'm like, I want you to man up. I want you to take care of business because he yeah. messed with my wife. He yeah. messed with your mom. And we and, and this is true. But it's the intention and, the, and really what's going on. Right. Um, so in that situation where I, instead of getting angry, if I would have just said, hey, let's talk about this. Can I can I just support you or do you want a solution? He probably would have said just support me and he probably would have dumped all that out. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Anyway, I mean, Hard you lessons. live and you learn and you tell him I'm sorry. And yeah, I, I got better and that's today. what I did. I mean, yeah. I did. I apologize. I'm like, I was really bad yeah. advice. There will be yeah. a day when that's good advice because <laughs> I had to do it. <laughs> your, your, your little post the other day of uh, sometimes violence is the right answer. I mean, yeah. my, my kids, we were at a retro arcade and they're like, Dad, I think sometimes you need to be a bully because kids shouldn't be dressing like that. Parents shouldn't <laughs> let them. And if you bullied them a little bit, I'm like, dude, in the 80s, I would have gotten beat. I did get beat up a lot, but you would get yeah, beat up yeah. if you came to the. Yeah. So some I don't know. W- when's the right violence? I, I don't know. Or, or, I don't know. I, yeah, we, we could go on a tangent about yeah, that. Sorry, too, yeah, I didn't mean that. You were closing us down and I opened us uh, back up. Uh, there's, <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a whole nother con. Uh, I, and there's some truth to that. I mean, there's some. We're, we're tolerating too much is basically what I'm saying. Maybe what you're saying too. Um, so you have a podcast. Yeah. So Tell- yeah, you guys have influenced me. Like just do it. Just start it. Don't let the, uh, don't let perfect be the enemy of done. So CrossFit Garage, we started a podcast called CrossFit Garage. I'm looking for a better name, but basically it's laying a strong foundation in fitness, food, and finances. Mostly we talk about fitness, sometimes food, and every once in a while there's some finances. But if those aren't laid out good, then when you're 90, Stuff's going to be bad, or maybe you'll never even make it to 90. So invest in yourself, lay a strong foundation so you can get there and actually spend that last $5 of that check will bounce when you're on your way out. <laughs> you hung on to that. I'm, I'm still working that one in my head. Um, yeah. Well, I, I would encourage, I've listened to some and I've been, it was entertaining. And that's Thanks. what I, yeah. that, you know, I was like, Hey, this if you're is, not having fun, this is it, fun. It's not, yeah. Yeah, so I would, hey guys, if you're interested, go check it out. And even if you're like thinking about doing your own podcast, I, I would suggest listening to it because it's, you can tell that Andy just stepped into it and, and just is enjoying it. And that's what I've been saying. Like, hey, here's two things. Here's, here's a few tips if you want to do a podcast. Just start. Don't worry about the equipment. Level up as you go and get past the 13 episodes that everybody, everybody stops at. There oh, really? may be yeah. five. I don't know what the number is now. Maybe like, 30 million podcasts out there. But if you go look, I don't think it's that high, but if you go look at them, if you start just looking, they all end between like episode five and 25. And there's hardly, you'll be in the top 5% if you get to like a hundred episodes. Oh, weird. Okay. That's yeah. good. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So like my rating, there was a, um, a mastermind I could purchase. Yeah, right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which I just learned that you do. So, yeah. But the thing is, is like, it's, it's just keep doing it. It's like fitness. Just keep yeah. doing it and learn to love it and just keep doing it and you'll be successful. I, I got ratings that like, hey, you're in the top 2% in the world. And I'm like, how in the world am I the top 2% in the world? Persistence only. Yeah. Because you can look at, I could look at other people's numbers like, whoa, your downloads are like 18 times higher than mine. But that it's 
it doesn't matter at a point because just so many people quit. So right. keep keep up the good work. I know Thanks, that your man. message is awesome. I've heard multiple things in there that I've like really kind of hung on to. And then, hey, gosh, if somebody's in your area, they need to check out. They need to check out your gym. Yeah, if you That's guys are in Woodstock, Georgia, come over. Uh, our, our motto was we're happy, humble, helpful people who want to be healthy Ooh. and fit now as well as in our 90s. So if that sounds like you, I mean, if you're li- listening to your podcast, then you're my type of people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Andy, it's been a blast. Like yeah, literally, I had a, a lot of fun. And uh, we've gone almost an hour now and 20 minutes before then. <laughs> and, uh, I like to talk, I guess. Yes, it's it's awesome. So uh, I'm going away from this this conversation uh, with energy, which is really fun. So thank you so much for being a guest. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's been great. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from The Brotherhood of Fatherhood.